Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Parenting Hour. You're listening to Unity FM 93.5 and welcome to our Inspire FM listeners also. We're talking about Ramadan and health, inshallah, and the benefits of uh, fasting, but also what you should be aware of. And today in the studio, I've got Dr. Faraz with me, mashallah, who is very expert who is an expert on this, mashallah, and has written an article in the British Journal for General Practice, which was published last year in 2014. So, alhamdulillah, we've got professionals that are writing articles around Ramadan, around fasting, uh, and what to do if you are a Muslim and want to do, want to, to keep your fast, but still maybe have some uh, illnesses. So we've been talking before the break a little bit about... Um, about diabetes and a bit about smoking so we've covered that in a bit but we were also just before we came into commercial break we were saying the importance for professionals to take breaks and I think that's really important as a professional yes that you need to take breaks out there if you're working if you're a doctor or a surgeon or whatever you need to be able to take that those breaks because you're still in a very high powered high stressful environment and you need to be aware of yourself but it got me thinking kind of over the break there about other people that are not in those high power jobs but still um, working and uh, still doing which is a high power job for them so whether they're driving vans in delivering things whether they are uh, working behind a desk it's still uh, they have to concentrate they have to think so what should they be aware of or what should they do um, I suppose also maybe in taking breaks what advice could you give them about taking breaks and what should they be aware of if they weren't able to take a break what signs could they could they be aware of in their body that tells them, oh, you mu- you should take a break now? So, sorry, a lot no, of questions no, there. No, no, no. Firstly, I mean, I, um, I don't count myself as an expert; just someone who has an interest <laughs> in. Um, oh, mashallah, it's uh, humble. Um, but no, of course, that's an extremely important question. Um, those people who maybe you know driving for their work um, mm. or doing any other type of annual kind of laborious job, especially in this heat. That, mm. um, that we have um, at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so things to look out for really are things like um, kind of a headache, um, tiredness, and dizziness also. And even you know, unfortunately, some people may um, have dizzy episodes where they might kind of faint or collapse. So mm-hmm. that would be a, you know a warning sign if a person is feeling dizzy, where they need to sit down and they can't continue with their work, or even to the extent where they may collapse to um, to you know to break their fast and to have some fluid mm-hmm. um to take some uh, to t- take easy um mm-hmm. have some time off rest up and just to try to possibly if they want to continue to fast speak to their doctor um wh- whoever that may be um mm-hmm. to see how safely that how safely they can continue to do so um to in order to prevent anything untoward occurring in the future mm-hmm. um very commonly we see that we see things like you know constipation, mm-hmm. uh, tiredness, and headache most commonly, mm-hmm. um, and that's largely down due to um, possibly being dehydrated. Mm-hmm. So to remedy this, mm-hmm. it comes on to the importance of making sure that at the pre-dawn, you know, at the sunset, you know, to mm-hmm. re 
replenish your energy stores to rehydrate yourself appropriately mm. with the right things. Mm-hmm. Right, the right things. That's always a question that comes to mind. What are the right things? I mean, we as a family have our own kind of recipe. Uh, would you like me to share our recipe, yes, yes, Richard? Yes, please. We, um, especially this time of the year with the long days, we eat some watermelon with some white salty cheese between mm. just before Sahur time. So when we come back from Tarawaya prayer to help, we feel, replenish our fluids, but it's fluids through the watermelon that stays a little bit and then the little bit of cheese, the salt holds on to sure. that. And then for Sahur, we eat a half a banana to try and help our potassium. So that's, mm. that's what our little remedy is in, in uh, helping our electrolytes to stay balanced, to mm. keep away from the headaches and the dehydration. Sure. Do you think that's a good recipe? or? Uh, I mean, no, it <laughs> sounds like it's you know well thought out. Does it work? I mean, it works it, yeah. superbly. Alhamdulillah, every single year, Alhamdulillah, it's, it's never failed yet, even with the, the long days, Alhamdulillah. And, it's, um, and what I find is rather than drinking loads of water that may just flush through you, the watermelon has that water and, and actually cucumber as well, I think, so things like this that can hold on to the water a little bit. You, your body holds on to that water rather than just flowing through you. It's better. So that's our little remedies. It's come from, um, I suppose, the Arab world. My my husband's Egyptian, so right. this is a remedy that he brought from his family. Fantastic. Mm. No, I mean, of course, I'm, you know, I'm sure there are lots of um, remedies in the traditions and in mm. different cultures from mm-hmm. the elders. You know, I mean, they've been fasting for much longer than we have. So, mm. you know, that that from what you've told me about the water and the banana, the salt, mm. all important things to consider during the times when you're not fasting. So when you have the opportunity to replenish your energy stores. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, you know, that that's a great option. Mm-hmm. Other things to just be careful of is not to really overload yourself with unhealthy foods. So what mm. I mean by this may be um, the youth may be more um, kind of aware of what I'm talking about rather than, than our older listeners here. In terms of, you know, your fizzy drinks mm. and your tea and coffee, as these, uh, you know, there is evidence to say that these things are not good after a long period of fasting and dehydration. Mm. Um, I was only reading the other day that I think in, uh, in Pakistan, in the Medical Association of um, Research, mm. um, it was shown that kind of at iftar time when you're breaking your fast to have large amounts of fizzy drinks whether they're coke or pepsi or whatever it mm. is can actually do more harm to your kidneys really? and to your digestive system than actually to help it so it's not it's not going to be helpful at all after a long period of fasting and mm. starvation to mm. turn to those things so i know that we see these things very commonly at iftar parties and gatherings mm. and things like that so if it's there uh, you know maybe in little amounts it's not too bad but you not know, every day not to every be doing day this, and, yeah. And yeah. Um, every, of course, everything mm. in moderation. Yeah. Um, but you know, fresh juices, mm. water, mm-hmm. milk, yogurt. Mm. These are things that you know are the more healthy alternatives that mm. will not only help you to rehydrate yourself, but also give you the energy and the power to go for your night prayers or to go out um, to the uh, places of prayer later on in the evening and mm-hmm. to maintain that energy through the rather long kind of month of Ramadan. So that's part of our sunnah as well, isn't it? Just just what you mentioned there and the importance of, of milk or yogurt and breaking your fast and dates as well. The Prophet Islam did this, so he he did it perfect, mashallah. And now research is saying that we should be doing this. Is no, that, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, you know, the Prophet's his way is the perfect way. So, yeah, I mean, mm. research today is, uh, you know, has 
shown that you know the dried date is mm. the most nutritious dry food out there so you know I can't think of a better way to open your fast than mm. with a few dates after a long day of fasting and maybe a cold glass of water and mm-hmm. milk as per his example and you know after you've kind of opened your fast and you move to kind of your main meal just mm. be a little bit cautious um, about maybe the quantity that a person eats mm. um, as you don't want to be completely full up that when the suhoor time comes the pre-dawn meal mm. you're not really hungry you don't mm. eat anything as that could have consequential effects on your day generally mm. you should try to balance out the amounts that you, you, you mm. eat so you can build the energy up over those kind of six seven hours mm. when you're allowed to eat to help better your performance your health mm-hmm. the way you're feeling energy levels in the day when mm-hmm. the days are long great that's really good advice and for sahur for the b- before you start fasting or the meal you have just before you fast what do you think is the best kind of food to have in, in that uh, situation some people i think go mm. for the big meals again like yeah. the, the fried things or some people may go for the the breakfast cereals or the porridge mm. or something like this what, what do you think from a medical point of view is the the best type of meal there maybe sure. from your own experience maybe medicine hasn't come up with that yet but yeah i mean um you know the the good alternatives and the good options are foods that slowly release carbohydrate throughout the day so you get that gradual release of energy throughout mm-hmm. the day so um, that again re- reduces your hunger and irritability and optimizes your energy levels so there are you know those are things like you know maybe your porridge your brown your oats your mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. brown toast um, you know your pastas and things mm-hmm. like that and also you know just to kind of try to reduce the richness of what you eat at that time and also at that time too so try to cut down on your fried foods and the oily foods and yeah. of course you know, I appreciate people are from different communities from different cultures there are certain traditions that people maybe i know in the asian culture there's lots of kind of sweet food at iftar time Mm. so you know of course it tastes wonderful Mm. um Mm -hmm. but you know just trying to control kind of your your intake of that Mm -hmm. um i'm sure will not only help your physical health but also your spiritual health in terms of the Mm. worship which people want to do in the month of ramadan and you know there isn't a specific you know kind of remedy that you know that I'm aware of mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure just being careful about having um, your fruit your vegetables trying to um, eat as much of those as you can to try to reduce your caffeinated drinks your fizzy drinks yeah um, and just try to up the kind of clear fluid mm-hmm. the fresh juices and just try to drink a lot as it's going to be hot and mm-hmm. warm especially at this time of the year now mm-hmm so to prevent yourself from becoming dehydrated um, to try to do those things and also those who have diabetes um, it's even more important actually to prevent the um, the opportunity of low sugars hypoglycemia uh, from occurring is to have those foods where carbohydrate is really slowly throughout the day so your what we call the low glycemic index foods which in essence means um, those that are released gradually over time so mm-hmm. things like your um, your oats and your brown toast and your oatmeal foods and mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. the wholesome foods really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good good I always like to have my porridge for sahur indeed it it keeps me going every morning anyway for breakfast mm. and uh, I just change it for sahur as well it, it's uh, really very useful alhamdulillah that's kind of our secret recipes now you've heard for, <laughs> for Ramadan alhamdulillah um, with the days being being long like this there's not an awful huge opportunity to get in so much food actually what um, a problem I have is trying to get in the fruit mm. you know we say that we eat uh, you should be eating five a day fruit and 
vegetable mm-hmm. veg probably we eat all right with our meal but trying to get in some extra fruit in besides the dates yeah. I find very difficult yeah. in Ramadan there's not much time there of course maybe I get in the watermelon I get in sure. the dates I get in two of them but what advice would you give to, to listeners that would want to kind of um, think how can I get in those fruits yeah I mean um, I have seen that you know certain culture and communities opt for the maybe fruit salad mm-hmm. or the fruit chart um, as the Asians would you know may um, understand that mm. um, or maybe just at if that time along with the, the dates cutting up some bananas some apples some oranges um, to have at that time um, maybe some you know you could supplement it with having like fresh juices with that would, mm. that would equal your fruit yeah. intake so maybe yeah. a fresh orange juice fresh apple juice mm. whatever one likes really um, if you try to do those things then you, I know, I'm sure that's helping a person get on the way to you know try to fulfill that yeah. healthy eating requirement mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent, mashallah. That's really good advice. So we've been talking a lot there about, you know, diseases and different things. And some people may already actually be on medicines or be on injections for for long-term conditions. Um, what advice would you give them? Can we kind of break down that maybe a little bit more to, to medicines, tablets, patches, whatever, all the different uh, treatments people can be on? And can yeah. you just give us some advice for each? Thank yeah, you. No, of course. Um, so I guess if you start off with the most common, which oral tablets, of course, ingesting oral tablets break a person's fast. So there is the opportunity to think about taking them around the times when a person is able to eat. So mm-hmm. firstly, it's very difficult to talk about specific cases. So I would encourage you to kind of either call your GP or go and see them to have a medication review. So bring a list of your medicines in mm-hmm. with you. Go and speak to your GP and kind of inquire about which ones you can take and maybe at different times can be agreed upon with your GP maybe even different types of tablets where you may get the longer acting tablets all right um, right yeah for example diabetes there is a longer acting tablet that can be used and I'm sure there are there are other types um, of longer acting tablets and other diseases such as kind of angina mm-hmm. um, that can be explored either with your GP or, or with your hospital doctor for things like high blood pressure where people may be on blood pressure tablets then you know it's it is quite reasonable to have this discussion with your GP about um, just altering the timing of when you're having these tablets. Says if mm. you, if there is a tablet that needs to be taken at midday, mm-hmm. then I'm sure you can discuss that with your GP as the appropriateness of moving that to the evening time or mm. having it early in the morning mm. when when uh, one can eat mm-hmm. before the fast commences. Moving on to other different types of medicines, ear drops and eye drops, from what I'm aware, they don't break your fast. Mm-hmm. If you have mm-hmm. any concerns about those, then please, I mean, um, speak to someone you trust in terms of religious instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, when thinking about injections and kind of drips, so if you go to hospital at some point in the month of Ramadan where you may need a drip, then from what I'm aware, this doesn't break your fast, but it would be a good idea just to check with uh, a person who you trust like a local imam mm. or someone from the community patches also like you said sister kathleen um i'm not aware that they have any problem with kind of breaking your fast mm-hmm. um however on inhaled um medicines and sprays so for example a person who may have asthma mm-hmm. um they may be on I- regular inhalers yeah um and then I am aware of differences in opinion in Islamic law mm. um, between different schools of thought about whether this counts as ingestion of something along the digestive track or if it doesn't. So, mm. um, again, it's very difficult to comment on that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it would be wise to seek reliable counsel mm. where you can 
However, what I would like to say about, for example, inhalers, mm. um, if a person has poorly controlled asthma mm. where they need to use the inhaler often in the day mm. um, or possibly they're in an occupation where it triggers their asthma up and they're mm. heavily reliant on mm. a certain inhaler then um, and if they're thinking about fasting then please do um, speak to your GP and have that chat with them as mm. the last thing you'd want to do is to compromise your health yeah. especially if your breathing function is mm. rather poor or is under review with the hospital or with the GP. Mm. Um, also, I mean, if you're needing to use an inhaler that often, then it's probably worth speaking to your GP as it may not be the most appropriate medication for you to be mm. on. So, I mean, I mean, I, th- I think I've covered all of the different type of yeah, that, medication types, but mm. there's lots of flexibility out there in mm. terms of how medicines can be reviewed. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure your doctor will um, help you to try and accommodate your needs really really and i think that's the best advice really is to go to your doctor if you're in doubt uh, go to your islamic local islamic your mosque or your imam and ask advice there as well and make sure you do go to your doctor to get that advice checked out also because i was just thinking there when you're talking about maybe somebody is on antibiotics and they might feel better and think okay i can stop the antibiotics now Mm. because i'm feeling better Mm. and it's the first few days of ramadan i don't Mm. need them anymore Mm. um but you would say you need to finish your depending what the illness was and there is a prescribed time there so you really need mm. to have that chat with your doctor whether you have completed the course or not uh, you yeah. should be self-medicating yourself of course no, yeah. I mean, even mm. outside of the month of Ramadan this is something that we see extremely mm. often mm. Um, someone comes into practice for example from my experience um, and the problem that they've been treated for maybe 10 or 14 days ago has now come up again. And the first thing mm. you ask them, or the first thing I kind of tend to ask them is that, did you complete that course of tablets which mm. the doctor gave you? And very commonly we hear, oh, no doctor, you know, after kind of three days it cleared up and, uh, and the skin rash went away, mm-hmm. so I stopped taking them. And, you know, just that patient education um, is important. You know, if a doctor has given you a course of tablets, it's incumbent to complete that course unless taught otherwise. Mm-hmm. If you're in doubt and you think that you know you want to fast and you can't take that tablet at that prescribed time then there's no harm in um, calling your GP um, speaking to your chemist or even um, booking an appointment just to discuss that and I'm sure the um, the health professional can talk about kind of safety setting which is something that we do often mm-hmm. uh, what to look out for if things don't improve or get worse where you do need to come back before it gets to a stage where it can be quite severe very good advice there, mashallah. I know uh, towards coming towards the end of the programme, there's a few things still we need to, to talk about. And uh, I did want to spend a little bit of time on this, on the exemptions, you know, to fasting. There is, um, of course, in our Islamic thought, uh, our, our Islam tells us about certain if you've got certain ailments that you don't need to fast. Maybe you could, uh, from a medical point of view, just uh, refresh our memories on, on some things that um, you know of that pair, that would not be good for people if they fasted during these times. Yeah, so in terms of from a medical point of view, from what I'm aware of in the religion, the, if something is going to harm a person, so... If a person has a chronic disease that they've had for a long time, or, or unfortunately maybe rather quite terminal, if fasting may harm their health, mm-hmm. then 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 you know there's no obligation on them to carry on with that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, again, every case is individual, so that would need that individual chat with your GP, yeah, yeah. Um, wherever you are. Also, those who are 
um, unstable from a mental health point of view mm-hmm. I'm also aware that they're exempt from fasting too mm-hmm. and also those who are acutely ill so maybe um, hospitalized who may need regular treatment for example certain forms of dialysis mm-hmm. if you've got kind of end stage kidney problems mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, from what I'm aware of then you know these, these people are also exempted from fasting too and you know children under the age of puberty yeah. um, there's no obligation in the religion um, older adults older people who may find it difficult fasting the long days I know we have lots of um, respected elders in the community with kind you know high levels of himma um, to try and you know complete the fast mm. and on the vast majority of times they do so mm-hmm. you know comfortably however people you know just those who are maybe in the households or whether they're your grandparents just keep an eye just to see if they're okay and if they're getting on okay and if there's any um, doubt about whether you think they're becoming unwell then mm-hmm. you know please take them to go and see their mm-hmm. doctor and finally um, those who are pregnant or those who are nursing their children mm. from what I'm aware again if fasting may cause harm to mm. the unborn child mm. or to the young child in terms of the quantity of breasts mm. milk being produced then um, there is an exemption there for you like I said I'm, I'm, I'm not a religious um, expert mm. so please if there's anything that you're unsure about please do go and consult um, reliable trustworthy people mm-hmm. in your communities and that's just kind of what I'm aware from in terms mm-hmm. of a medical point of view and what's out there published on those kind of reliable literature thank you thank you that's really good that you went through all of them each one of them indeed and uh, i'm sure people themselves probably in those situations are aware as well and as you said go seek advice uh, about this whatever the your ailment is inshallah from your doctor and and ask individually um and i would say the a lot of the islamic scholars would probably i'd say that as well that this you know you need to have these conversations with your doctor they would not know your medical health either so it's uh, something that between you and Allah. So thank you for giving this yeah, no, to I mean, us. No, no, um, it's a pleasure. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I think very commonly we may get this rebound effect where the doctor says, go and speak to your religious leader, and then mm. the religious leader says, go and speak to your doctor, uh-huh. and then the patient may be unsure. There's the uncertainty, mm. you know, they're not yeah. getting any conclusive guidance. So from that point of view, I mean, uh, that's a rather complicated area. Um, I can't comment on that too much as others mm. don't know enough about it at all. Um, I'm not qualified. However, I mean, if if a person is in that situation where, you know, they're not getting any conclusive guidance and it's maybe the health is maybe complicated, um, then, you know, just to, just to take the possibly, you know, uh, a wise approach may be to take a cautious approach um, mm. and not to put yourself in any kind of undue harm. Um, but again, to maybe seek kind of differing um, opinions from leaders in the community who are learned people um, and good. to get you know different advice probably if in the if in mm-hmm. their community um, they're struggling for aid really mashallah good advice and in the last couple of minutes of the show it's coming to the sh- end of the show already subhanallah time goes quickly could you give us any tips that we uh, individuals out there not uh, people not from a medical background what could they do in these long days what advice would you give them top tips yeah, of course <laughs> um, top tips so you know it's, uh, firstly it's a great you know it's a great blessing to have the month of Ramadan coming up mm-hmm, um, I would recommend highly just uh, 
look at kind of the foods you're eating at and breaking the fast and also at the pre-dawn meal too just to give yourself the best chance to really feel energized for the month of ramadan and to continue working with these long days so to try and reduce unhealthy foods and to try and introduce more healthy foods if you're not doing so already secondly it's important to to drink large amounts of fluids so to make sure that you're rehydrating mm. yourself in that time window um, where you can um, so lots of clear fluids fresh juices try and st- keep away from the caffeinated drinks and the fizzy mm-hmm. drinks mm-hmm. Um, also you know it's, it's, it's an opportunity um, to promote good health mm-hmm. you know like I said earlier physical health and spiritual health so if you're a smoker you know it's a it's a great it's a great chance to mm-hmm. really either to st- the cut down completely if you can or just to reduce the amount you're smoking so mm. we call that harm minimization mm-hmm. so like I said there are lots of great um, services out there kind of stop smoking services where there are experts who do mm-hmm. this all the time but you know um, try and have that willpower there to do so and in the long term with mm. your health generally uh, smoking if one stops that completely it will be a great benefit to your health in the, mm-hmm. the long term. It will add years onto your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it will help your breathing, your heart. Um, it will help your kidneys. And, you know, generally it's just fantastic to stop that. Um, coming on to diabetes now, I know we talked about this very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an exhaustive topic. It's a large topic to cover. Um, a few quick points. If you are, if you do have diabetes and you do decide to fast and mm-hmm. you're on medicines for your diabetes... Um, i.e. it's not diet controlled mm-hmm. then please do keep your blood glucose um, meter with mm. you wherever you are because if you feel like you're having those early warning signs mm. of irritability of hunger and sweating where your sugars may be going um, under the healthy normal range then it needs to be checked mm-hmm. as this is a very serious risk mm-hmm. to your health mm-hmm. uh, whether it's with you driving and being at risk to yourself but also others on the street too or just your general physical health where if if you don't check it and if you don't correct it mm. um, with you know sugar tablets Lucozade, a fresh kind of juice very very quickly it could mm. lead to very very serious health problems mashallah great tips and advice there. i'm afraid we're going to have to end this show today so inshallah i hope ramadan is going well for everybody and inshallah you'll get all the rewards from it and as the doctor says seek advice inshallah may allah bless you all and um your fasting be accepted jazakallah khairan to the doctor for us for coming into the studio today and spending time with us and inshallah we will uh, catch up with you listeners next week on Parenting Hour have a good week inshallah Assalamu alaikum